Hello and welcome to What the Fox podcast with your two hosts, Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. Welcome, you guys. Happy summer. We hope that you've been really enjoying as much of this heat wave as you possibly can Ooh. handle. Yeah, it's been brutal, y'all. Brutal. <laughs> Uh-huh. But without further ado, we do want to talk about some passive aggressive communication today. Super <laughs> that, is, that is the topic of the day. And uh, there's a, definitely a reason as to why this came up into our um, into our bubble to discuss. But before we get started, just a reminder that we are sponsored by therapyappointment.com. If you are a therapist looking to start a practice, use therapyappointment.com to create and build your practice, or if you need a therapist, go there to find one. Whoop, whoop. All right. So passive aggressive. Lindsay Fox. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay so, Fox. Yeah. We're both Southern. We're both from the South. So let's talk about passive aggressive communication. Do y'all know where I'm coming known, from? Yeah, also known as the bless your heart um, huh. <laughs> of the South. It's so it's interesting to me quite often you will throw a topic idea at me and immediately I'm like, yeah, okay, that's easy enough to talk about. And then I start looking into it a little bit further and I start peeling back the layers of the onion and I find a new piece of information that um, I previously did not have available to me. Yep. In this instance, I've never drawn the connection between sarcasm and passive aggressive behavior or passive aggressive communication. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely, it can be. So I don't think we should make an all or nothing statement in saying that it can always like it, that it's always a passive, I mean, um, passive aggressive communication, but right. you know, yeah, sarcasm can definitely be a bit of passive aggression. But can we just talk about what it is first? I mean, I oh, want to yeah. jump there before we're I'm excited to talk. Of course we can define it. I know. <laughs> you guys, if y'all if y'all have been listening to us for a while, y'all already know the how we operate. Amber tends to jump like 10 steps forward because we've already kind of like discussed a few things beforehand and then I'm like, "Wait, we got to bring you guys." I get so excited. I, I know. We're not ready to talk about sarcasm yet. <laughs> Listen, I've got that golden retriever energy I think they talk about. Girl, so I just yes. get real excited. <laughs> tail wagon so excited it's really quite true that is the best way to describe it um yeah so passive aggressive communication you can tell by the way between amber and i we are so direct with each other like <laughs> i feel like we actually like to be passive aggressive would be a form of joking with each other because in terms of sarcasm if you want to talk about sarcasm in that sense because we are so direct and straightforward about things um, there's, we're very crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking in my head, it would almost be a form of punishment if we tried to be passive aggressive with one another, because neither of us would like, I don't think we'd know what to do. We'd be like, wait, what's <laughs> happening right now? Like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So I'm just going to pull straight from the Mayo Clinic. I thought it was pretty cool that the Mayo Clinic specifically had a thing about passive aggressive Love um, behavior. That. Yeah, no kidding. Because some people actually think that it is um, a mental health condition. 
<laughs> and I'm laughing because you know what? I could totally see where one might think it is a mental health condition, because particularly whenever it's like how a, a person's entire identity is made up culturally um, with passive aggressive communication and behaviors. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Yep. So passive aggressive behavior is a pattern of indirectly expressing negative feelings instead of openly addressing them. There's a disconnect between what a person who exhibits passive aggressive behavior says and what he or she does. Hmm. For example, mm -hmm. someone who engages in passive aggressive behavior might appear to agree, perhaps even enthusiastically with another person's request. Rather than complying with the request, however, he or she might express anger or resentment by failing to follow through or missing deadlines. Yep. Yeah. And yep. we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been that person. We've all experienced this to some degree. Um, but, you know, culturally is where I kind of wanted to dive into some of this, because being that we are both from the South, this was probably the most rude awakening whenever I returned to the South after being gone for more than a decade. <laughs> That's fair because I do feel like here in the South, we seem more polite and we seem more kind sometimes. I'm I'm overgeneralizing. Not everybody in the South is like this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. insert whatever caveats you need, but as a general rule, it's that sweet Southern charm, like Southern bell, whatever persona, when in reality, like these can be some of the most vicious people on the planet as far as yeah. like wielding their words in a way that's super painful. Ooh, yes. Like a dagger to the heart. Too. Right. But with a smile on your face. But with a smile the whole dang time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So specific signs of passive aggressive behavior include resentment and opposition to the demands of others, especially the demands of people in positions of authority, mm. resistance to cooperation, procrastination, and intentional mistakes in response to others' demands, mm -hmm. cynical, sullen, or hostile attitude, or frequent complaints about feeling underappreciated or cheated. Yeah. Mm. So while it can be a, those like um, examples or specific behaviors might show up with different mental health conditions, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is a mental health condition. Um, yeah. And so I think that's just like something I wanted to highlight there because uh, I was thinking, man, why did the Mayo Clinic feel the need to actually write about this? But whenever you right. look at these specific behaviors, you can see where you know, one might look at that and be like, you know, is this a personality disorder? Is it, you know, yeah. a child? Is it oppositional defiance disorder? Is it ADHD? Um, and the truth of the matter is maybe someone is passive aggressive or presenting with those behaviors because they really just don't know how to speak up for themselves or state their needs or know how to feel seen or heard around a person. Yeah. Or, you know, in some cases, I can think of one very recently that happened to me where I was being passive aggressive without even like having the realization that it was happening. I was not self-aware to know what I was doing or what I was saying, or really to notice that, Hey, this is not the way to handle the situation. Like, uh, Eric and I, he had made some plans and I didn't feel included in the plan making. And 
there was a little communication challenge between the two of us about what was happening, when it was happening, you know, all the, you know, me, I like the logistics. I like getting into the details. And as a result, I am. And he was trying to do something nice and plan something. And it just, I twirled it all out of control. Um, How many times Erica said that, like, like how much he would love to surprise you, but he understands like the way things work. No, no, that's not. It just doesn't work. No, it really, it genuinely does not work. And this wasn't necessarily a case where he was trying to surprise me, but he was trying to take a burden of planning off of me, which I am grateful for, and I married a wonderful man. And like, we can all recognize that I am completely imperfect and completely like, I got my own issues. But it was so <laughs> eye opening to walk through this situation because he looked at me one day and he was like, Hey, is this something that you don't want to do? He said, mm-hmm. I'm getting the feeling from you that you're not interested in this thing which I have planned. If that is the case, let's pivot you know, let's talk through it. And he was so kind and so clear and so calm in the way that he brought it to me. I was like, well, shit, I'm being an asshole. Like, (laughs) and it was that moment. I was like, I am so sorry. No, like, this is all me. I like, I completely took a left turn into la la land. So let's, let's back the train up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I share that to say like, we all have moments where we slide into unhealthy behaviors, where we slide into like old patterns. Yeah. But being able to call attention to that in a way that wasn't rude yeah. or mean or hateful, like he had every right to say, hey, stop being a, you know, yeah. but he didn't. Right. And he never would because it's not his DNA. But it just, when you brought this topic up to me, I was like, oh crap, I just went through that. This is going to be <laughs> like, this wow. is going to be one of those conversations where I'm a little uncomfortable. That's so, <laughs> I mean, you know, that is our conversations are so timely with, um, you know, Amber and I don't talk every day. And sometimes we Mm-mm. don't even talk during the week because like life is life. So we're busy. Um, but it is funny how these conversations come up because then when we reconnect in the recording, we both will have something to share on it. And um, for me, this topic came up because I was just recently at the beach and um, I was staying with some family friends and there, there's a number of situations here that I can pull from, but um, it initiated, the whole thing initially began because um, I had taken my dog out to go swimming and mm. they this, this family lives like right on the waterway and Uh, my dog needed to obviously get rinsed off. She was like covered in ocean water and sand. Oh gosh. And sand and all the things. And so the homeowner said, um, you know, no, no sandy wet dogs in the house. And I was like, okay, don't worry. I'm going to go rinse her off. And then they repeated no sandy wet dogs in the house. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go rinse her off. And then they repeat, they repeated it a third time. And I was like, I'm like, okay, there's something happening here. I had to like, I had to put on that part of my brain where I'm like, there's something happening in the communication here. And I need to pause for a moment and sort through it real fast to figure out what are we not aligned on. And then after the third time she said, I said, yeah, I'm going to go rinse her off right now. It's like, oh no, only clean dogs are allowed in the house. I said, oh, okay. Are you saying I should go give my dog a bath? 
yes, go wash your dog with shampoo, please. I said, oh, oh okay. Like, okay. I would have, I, yeah, that, you know, so in my head, I'm like, okay, if you had led with that, we would have been on the same page like four times ago. And in my head, it felt so like, like my, my brain was, was instantly like, wait, so why not just say that in the first place? But what I was taking notice of in that moment is that this is definitely something since returning to the South, and this is not exclusive to this individual by any means. Mm. Like I love this person that they are like a family member to me. Um, but what it was bringing to my awareness was more so uh, a combination of a generational gap and mm. across like women and how we show up in the world. And it was also showing me the cultural components at play um, whenever you're, you know, born and raised in the South and expected to, you know, participate in your cotillion school and smile and say yes when you really mean no and never really talk about what you want or need. Um, but you just and then kind of are really passive with stating things that you do need or have requests about. Um, where we try to make ourselves or our requests seem as small as possible. So since I know this family so well, I felt comfortable kind of bringing up this topic of like where I was like noticing this communication um, yeah. difference because I've known them my entire life, but I also have been told by everyone down south like, oh, you changed so much once you moved up north. You're just not the same. <laughs> like and you said oh, thank you <laughs> yeah i'm really glad i'm not the same actually but you know really i just kind of found my i found my people up north where i'm like wow yeah. you never really question where you stand with people they're so direct mm. you there is no sarcasm right in turn in the sense of like a gray area where you're not sure right. like where you stand with a the person they're pretty straightforward um so anyway while we were talking about this um uh, this person's husband brought up an excellent um, point to highlight just how ingrained this passive aggressive communication is as a part of our worldview and our and and how we function. He said, "Do you remember the Duke's mayonnaise commercial? And when Duke's mayonnaise first came out, and when he said this, I was like, oh my gosh, Duke's mayonnaise! That is such a southern thing. Like I haven't thought about Duke mayonnaise in forever." But you better believe I was raised in like some tomato sandwiches with some Duke mater sandwiches, mater yeah. sandwiches <laughs> on white bread with some yeah. like salt, and, salt pepper. and pepper. Yes, like this is so southern. And so um, her husband like has some background in like advertising and marketing stuff like that. I was like, well, no, actually, I don't remember the Duke mayonnaise commercial. He was like. It was so simple and to me it was the best ad ever um you know they held up the duke's mayonnaise thing and all they said was duke's mayonnaise if you're not using it bless your heart oh my gosh no they didn't <laughs> and i was like that's it that, that is, is it in a nutshell <laughs> that is southern passive communication in a nutshell you are correct yeah and yet we love duke's mayonnaise and if you're not using it bless, your, bless heart. your heart yeah that is okay that's hilarious and i what i'm <laughs> really intrigued by first of all great example i love that he pulled that out of his head um when you brought this up to the family obviously you are very close to them they're people that you are comfortable with 
obviously very comfortable in that you could say, hey, we had this miscommunication and I want to talk about it versus just, you know, letting it slide or forgetting about it. How did that conversation go when you brought it up aside from it didn't. about Duke's mayonnaise? Oh, it didn't go anywhere. Oh, <laughs> no, it, was, it was pivoted to it, the Dukes. It, <laughs> did, it didn't go anywhere in that moment. In that moment, I realized, okay, I think there's some space needed, right? So just mm. because you're aware that there is a, a friction or a, a point here where there's some misunderstanding, it doesn't mm. mean you have to jump right into the fire and it has to be addressed right on the spot. No, I think uh -uh. in this moment, for me, I just needed to sit with it for a little bit and, and take notice like, hey, what am I noticing here that's feeling off and uncomfortable, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, and I'm not like it took me a moment because, you know, another piece of this, right, is that we we go towards what is familiar and what is familiar, mm, we automatically yeah. equate to being safe, right? So this nothing apart of this dialogue felt um, abnormal uh, for my upbringing. But what I did notice is like it wasn't sitting right with me and I couldn't yeah. pinpoint that in the moment. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Um it shows growth and understanding that you were able to walk away from that and sit with it rather than trying to solve it right that minute. Because I know yeah. like you and I are very much fixers or recovering fixers or like work in progress fixers. As far as like, we see something that's off and we're like, Oh, we should talk through this. Like we should workshop it. We should do the thing. And I think it's, yeah. it's nice to take a beat and say, wait, let's analyze and let's understand before we try to dive in. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like, I needed to take a pause and sit with it for a little bit. And then yeah. once I was able to identify and understand what the thing was, then over the time of my visit, it was able to become like a, a loose conversation that was yeah. brought up in a, you know, not specifically linked to that situation, but more so as a broader conversation of differences that I was becoming aware of. Yeah. Um, and it and it is interesting because it was it, it, when this moment happened i actually had lost sight of how much this bothered me whenever i first returned to north carolina mm. during the pandemic and i was like really trying to adjust to an array of things i had just left my husband and just moving to a new state and yeah pandemic black lives matters revolution and craziness going on all over the place like um a lot of unrest, like a, a lot of big emotions, a lot of big yeah. shifts and, you know, everybody just trying to find their place. Survive. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so there was, um, I, it just brought back some of those feelings and that's why I was like, mm. why am I, why are these feelings from then popping up for me right now in this moment? Yeah. And I couldn't make sense of it. And I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is reminding me of like whenever I first came back to North Carolina and how unsettling that was. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Obviously, I've never lived anywhere else. So I live vicariously through you and all of your adventures um, of all of the places that places heart. you've visited. I know. <laughs> bless my heart. I am like the typical, I was born here and I'll stay here. Um, it, I haven't experienced that, right? So I don't notice it as often and I don't pick up on... Um, the behavior patterns that are specific to the South or the ones that are specific to the East or the West or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. So 
I love that you were able to walk through that on that trip because I know that trip was it was meaningful in a lot of ways because water and sand and air and <laughs> just getting away, Ele- unplugging elements. all elements of the, of the elements. Earth. Yes, yeah, I do. I'm a I am someone who loves the water, so it was good mm. for my soul. I always say good. the beach, the mountains, and the beach are good for the soul. So, yeah, it was definitely a good thing. Um, but it just made me really sit with that topic a little bit longer than I had anticipated. Yeah. Um, And so I know that you had pulled up your own little list there about passive aggressive communication. What is it that you were looking up over there, Amber? So as often happens when you bring a topic to me or when we talk about a topic, I like to go to my friend Google and just see the most (laughs) common things that get Googled or the most common, you know, the ones that pop up first if you put in keywords. Um, And one that was a common theme was people seeking out... um, how to deal with passive aggressive behavior, Mm. how to react or how to, um, not necessarily how to avoid, but honestly, how to work through it. Um, and one of the funniest things that came up on each of the list was the idea of using humor to diffuse the situations. And it cracked me up because in my mind, all I could think of were sarcastic ways of using humor and then sarcasm being passive aggressive. And I got into this loop in my head and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I was like, help, help, help. I got to get out. Um, but it is, it's something that I wanted to talk through on here because we've both recently had um, situations happen where we were faced by or actively being passive aggressive and how you work through that as someone who is seeing it or having it done to them and things you can do as someone who maybe fell into an old pattern or who reacted poorly in a situation. So I think you, you talked about part of that before, as far as you can bring up a general conversation or you can, um, ask for clarification. You can, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say, and also I think sometimes, especially then this is, this is the piece I was really trying to sit with is sometimes people have absolutely no awareness that they're even being passive aggressive. Yep. And, and so to your right, that's what you're saying, like realizing about yourself, but just us, you know, if you're on the receiving end, it's important to keep in mind that oftentimes the person who is being passive aggressive, they might not even have the awareness that they not are behaving clue. in that way. No, you know, and like, it's, go ahead. I was just going to comment on like mindfulness around the mood shift. So if you mm. are the person being the one that is passive aggressive, um, my like, the telltale sign I would say to lean in on is like when you notice that abrupt mood shift of, Mm. um, you know, if you go from like a really calm steady state and all of a sudden you're feeling really defensive or you're feeling, um, like hostile or like, they just said, I need to do this. I'm going to do the complete opposite, you know? Um, and you know, this happened to me recently where I was the one being passive aggressive and I did not realize it. This happened maybe like a month ago, maybe. And without getting into the specific situation, because it is personal in nature, um, it was something that the person fortunately is a really clear and kind communicator. Mm. And they were like, Hey, I just noticed that you responded this way. And I was like, Ooh, thank you for saying that out loud. 
Yeah. Like, thank you for labeling what you just observed because it made me more aware of what I must have come off like in that moment and how I was presenting. Um, Obviously that person wasn't aware of how they kind of like stirred something up, like a negative emotion inside of me. Um, But like they weren't aware of my story and my experience and that sort of thing. So all they saw was the behavior on the outside. And I was like, wow, thank you. You know, that, that was a good call out because I wasn't really, I wasn't really thinking of that piece. And so, you know, I'm subjected to human fallacy, just like the next person. Oh and this gosh, is something are, like, yes. you yes. know, well, I say this cause like, while we're talking about ways to overcome it, I want to make it really clear and saying, I'm no expert in saying that I'm completely null and void of, um, being a passive of human emotions, <laughs> like, <laughs> the passive aggressive communication thing is still something like I have really tried to be mindful of, mm-hmm. of just because there has been so much of that ingrained cultural upbringing yeah. and my entire family is like that as a, as communicators. So trying to kind of break that pattern, break that generational cycle, it's, yeah. it's, you know, pretty challenging. Well, and I also want to draw the parallel, like we're not supposed to be aggressive, aggressive. And then sometimes we overcorrect to passive aggressive and it's not the right correction. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. And that I think is my case where I used to be the, oh, I'm really blunt. I just say it how it is. You know, this is just me, um, not sugarcoating things and whatever. And for those who can't see us on YouTube, I'm using air quotations. Um, And I overcorrected to passive aggressive because that's what I saw everybody else doing. And I'm like, oh, Mm. well, this must be the way we're supposed to communicate. You know, this is this is the way it's preferred. Not true. Right. And passive aggressive, Mm. while it does happen and obviously scenarios happen, nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody's trying to be perfect. But it is something we should be aware of and how we're impacting other people, because obviously in my situation, like I hurt Eric's feelings and I never want to do that because that's not like that's not my goal and it's not cool. Um, so I do think that we all play a role in one calling out the behavior when we see it and calling it out in kindness, calling it out in a way that's clear and not necessarily like coddling the person because that's not necessary, but just being mindful of your approach and saying, Hey, I saw this thing. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. And I also think on that note, you know, there's a huge correlation there between having porous boundaries Mm. that are like a sponge where they kind of stick and they kind of don't. Um, There's definitely a correlation there between poor, having porous boundaries and being passive aggressive. Yeah. And so I think that's another interesting piece because we've talked about in other episodes around boundary setting, you know, how there are porous boundaries that are really rigid and fixed boundaries. So that would kind of coincide with what you're talking about with like, well, I just say it how it is and whatever. Um, But there is that, that happy medium sweet spot of just being clear, kind, direct, straightforward. You can state a boundary, but also make a request. You can take notice of when someone's setting a boundary or making a request um, without personalizing it. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, it's a it's a delicate dance. And it's it's sort of like when people talk about that pathway to enlightenment, there's it's not a one size fits all approach and it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're ever going to get there. I mean, Mm -mm. we, it's like, we waffle in these, uh, like on the spectrum of 
you know, doing well one day and maybe we and just we having a rough day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I tell, I usually tell people I'm uh, nothing more than an overcomplicated house plant. Right. So like, if I'm not getting <laughs> the right water, if I don't have the right sunshine, if I didn't, you know, whatever the case may be, sometimes I struggle emotionally. And if something <laughs> stuff I mean... come up with is a riot. <laughs> um, and I have had to become more self-aware over the years to manage that for myself and not rely on other people to point it out in me and not rely on, you know, other people to be my temperature gauge, um, and yeah. have that mindfulness and that self-awareness to say, oof, I need to take a beat. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. I'm going to yeah. separate myself for a couple of minutes and then we're going to revisit this, you know, whatever the situation yeah. may be because yeah, take... yeah I, you can't expect yourself to never have an emotion that's um, not good or not like pleasant. Right. Sometimes we're going to have outbursts. Sometimes we're going to be passive aggressive. Sometimes yeah. um, we're going to say things that aren't very nice. And the goal is to do it less and less over time, not to get to a point where you never do it because then you're a robot. Yeah. Thank you, AI. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. All set with that. Um, All set. I but I did, um, going back to my list, there was only one other one that I actually wanted to call out because we touched on it here. And I think it's something that is um, valuable information for anybody, um, anybody navigating the human experience. And that's, you mentioned not addressing it in the moment, right? Not calling the behavior out or identifying the behavior in that instance and taking a minute to sit with it to really understand. Right. And I think, I think um, context oh, matters. I, so my, I'm not saying that's a, a, a one size fits all approach. I think sometimes addressing it right on the spot is absolutely essential for certain people, places, things, situations, whatever. But I'm saying in that situation with where I was in that moment, yes, taking a pause was needed. Yes. So and think. it's exactly where I'm going because the one um, commonality between all of the many lists I reviewed was addressing it and being very firm in that moment and not letting time pass and not, you know, saying, well, four weeks ago, you did yeah. this thing and it upset me. Friend, well, then four you're... weeks ago, what are we yeah, even now, talking about? <laughs> now we're talking about having your little box of grudges and shoving oh, them all back there so you can yes. pull them out in convenient times and be an asshole. We're not yes. talking about that. <laughs> no, but I did want to call that out because thank you. the idea of passive aggressive behavior is avoiding conflict. So it can be yes. really, really attractive to continue the conflict avoidance by not addressing the issue. And we don't want to do that because it's going to come up at some point and it's just going to get more and more ugly as time goes on. Yep. It's true. And also I want to circle back and I'm glad that you highlighted that stuff because it is important. And, and yeah. just before I, um, I was going to hop around to something else as well, but, um, another piece of this is that, you know, you see this a lot with dialectical behavioral therapy or REBT or, uh, just different types of uh, therapy modalities as a whole is having a really direct approach with your client. And so mm. some people, and they're not a fan of it. And that, yeah. those, those people are probably seeing people, uh, therapists that practice something else, a different treatment modality. Um, I know for me personally, the way that I practice as a coach and a therapist, I'm really direct and that's just how I operate. Um, what? No way. You <laughs> can't imagine. And, you know, a part of that too is, as 
especially with the work that I do around trauma and me having my own trauma history, something I want to comment about with regard to sarcasm that you mentioned mm. is that sarcasm is one of the most challenging things for a person with PTSD to understand and to read and to be able to assess because oh. psychologically they're trying to assess, am I safe or am I not safe? What is this gray area of communication that I can't figure out? You're saying this with a straight face, but you're being funny. I don't think yeah. this is funny because I don't know if you're a threat right now or not. Yeah, that's such and a good call out. So that's why I'm saying like, you know, in terms of passive aggressive communication, yeah, sarcasm can be a thing, but also keep in mind, you know, when, if, if you're someone who has a known trauma history at play, um, that, that sarcasm can feel really jarring or cause you to mm -hmm. become defensive for other reasons that you might not have the cognitive awareness of. Yeah. That's a you good know? call out. And it, I mean, it all comes down to understanding your physiology, understanding your experience, doing the work, finding a therapist, a coach, you know, somebody to help you through all of that, because we can't, we can't do the work in a vacuum. I mean, specifically with someone who's dealing with PTSD, like you need to enlist resources, ones that are reputable yeah. and um, ones that actually care. Yeah, Absolutely. Yep. That's all folks. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Happy summer. Happy day. I hope that this conversation, um, maybe sparked a few thought bubbles for you. And if it did, we would love to hear your comments in the DMS. We'd love to, um, get your feedback in our inbox and just, what did this spark for you? What, um, what new information did you pick up or how does this change your perspective? It's true. And Amber, you know what I was just thinking about? Oh gosh. I just, I just had a fleeting thought. So for our listeners who have maybe just been like trickling in here and there, um, <laughs> this summer, Amber and I agreed to take, to do, um, new content like every other week through the summer yep. before season two ends, which will be ending next month. But it just occurred to me if you guys missed out on Amber's huge announcement, she is taking some serious time off and she will not be with us during season three. True, true. So with that being said, it just clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like one of our last one-on-ones within womp. this within this season, but I'm still going to recruit you to, to hang out with me from time to time in season three. <laughs> Why are you trying to make me cry? I already cried in the last episode. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I refuse. No, I love it. And it's true. I won't be back for because season three. I don't know what the future holds beyond that, but um, just enjoying it. And yes, this is one of our last episodes for this um, season as far as one-on-ones and it's a little bit bittersweet. So it is uh, until next time. <laughs> All right. Well, while Amber grabs her tissues, thank you guys for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to connect. And hey, if there's any topic recommendations or things that pop up in your life where you're like, you know, I'd love to hear these girls, or in this case, girl, because my my partner in crime is leaving. I love you. That's passive aggressive. That was passive aggressive. Hey, P.S. That was a highlight of passive aggressive yes. communication. <laughs> <laughs> highlight. Oh my gosh. But if you have a topic, please feel free to um, send us a DM whatever your social media platform is, or send us an email at whatthefoxtails at gmail.com. And that's T-A-L-E-S, tales. Um, and we would love to hear from you. So until next Tuesday, y'all, we hope you have an awesome week ahead. Bye, Bye everyone. And we all sing. Hey!
Terrible.